I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. You're listening. The league versus they live. I'm Matt Derson. And I'm John Nada Hunt. Clay Nada Ferno. All right, so the end is for Nada. There we go. Well, welcome back. It's been a we I don't know, people don't know this, but it's been a couple of weeks since you recorded an episode. So yeah, we weren't on speaking terms for a couple of weeks. <laughs> that just meant we, we couldn't worked. figure out the software. Speaking terms is the name of the software we use. <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> it is. Patent pending. So, anyways, um, but we're picking a, a a movie that has sort of become a, I think, a cult classic. Yep. Although I don't know oh, how yeah. all of us feel about it, but uh, it's 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 like a cult. They they like it like a cult. Um, they lived, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper and uh, directed by John Carpenter, based on a short story called Eight O'clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. And I don't know who that guy is either. They call him Blue Ray story. Nelson. Yeah. Blue Ray. E Ray. A Ray. So, anyways, uh, yeah, came out in 1988, November of '88. Originally, apparently, it was supposed to come out in October, but they pushed it back a little bit because, for one thing, there was a Halloween film. The fourth Halloween film was opening, even though John Carpenter didn't have anything to do with that one, but he had directed or worked on the other ones. But also, they wanted him to have it closer to the election uh, of 1988. So that was that's kind of yeah, interesting. interesting. But uh, yeah, so here we go. They live. Uh, yeah, good podcast. Great okay. job, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> well, you wanted to, to do this, and uh, yeah, why don't we give a first impression to, to everybody? I, 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 I think we should start with John, like, kind of a pre-final thought. So, you know, like, what do, what do people think of this movie? Is it a cult classic? It's you know, What do people think? What do people think? What does John think? Because I know what I think. I think it's a cult classic. A-plus. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's, I like the idea. I think the movie is a little boring. Mm. Uh, I liked it when I saw it, when it came out. I think that was because we all liked wrestling. But, uh, when I, I mean, I watched, when I say recently, it's like a couple years ago, but I didn't really feel the need to revisit it to talk about it because I think I would have been bored and I would have gotten tired of hearing doom, 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 doom. Yeah, I was like, wow, they really just hammer that into the, this whole thing. The soundtrack is a little repetitive, not going to lie. Uh, it's, uh, John Carpenter, he composes his own. Right. Oh, he had, that um, Sam and I went to the concert that he did. It was cool. He did have someone working with him. He didn't do it. He might have. Yeah, but, I mean, know. he came up yeah. with that baseline for, for the thing. Right. To match Piper's walking. Well, so here's the deal. Here's my few minutes. Wait, why oh, am I wait, the only I'm one sorry. giving out the, right, the, my final thought at the beginning? All right, yeah, I would wait, set that all up for myself. It's because you want then... to put me on the spot because I don't like this. I don't hate this movie. I didn't want to stick it to you. I just wanted to say that in my circles, this is a, this is a huge movie. This is a big punk rock movie. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a movie that a lot of punk rockers love and revere our co-host for Vampire Council is definitely, definitely a big fan of this movie. It's like horror. I mean, this is not really horror. I was thinking that it's more, it is more sci-fi. I kept looking at it in iTunes trying to find it under action and then horror. And then I realized it was in sci-fi, but uh, 
but just aesthetically, you know, and and then like the post, like the Reagan era politics of the whole thing, and you know how it could relate even to politics now. This has always been an important movie, but when I saw it as a kid when it came out and it was on cable, this is a movie that I pictured myself like Rambo. Like, I wanted to be, like, in that movie. I thought when I got to be Roddy Roddy Piper's age, like, that would be, this stuff would be <laughs> happening to me. Like, I wanted it, I wanted to live in this movie. I wanted to be them, and they live, and I I wanted to be one of them, and I wanted to live in, in this thing. So, like, I know this movie very well. There's, like, not a lot, really, to the movie, but the, you know, having it, also, Shepard Fairey is, is hugely right. influenced by by this, uh, obviously. So, like, I just, like, in my world, this has always been a super important movie, and I was psyched when you picked it. Oh, good. I, I, I really like this movie a lot. It is a, a well, it's funny, because there was a, a biography on Roddy Piper uh, recently on A&E, and I, they talked about this a little bit, and I said, oh, yeah, that's pretty, they should do that, we should do that. So here's my quick, uh, before I tell you, I mean, yeah, I picked this movie because I, 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 I liked it. And it is a, and it, you see that it's influenced a lot. You see that Obey thing, the Shepherd Ferry and, you know, whatever, a lot. Um, so here's my quick Roddy, Roddy Piper. Roderick Toombs is his real name, in fact. But he was coming, he used to play bagpipes on his way to the ring. And someone didn't know, his, the ring announcer didn't know his name. And they said, Roddy Piper, and then he became Roddy Piper. But oh, anyways, really? He, that's for, yeah, that's, that's the how story. <laughs> that's the story. I remember was, that yeah, cool T-shirt. I always wanted a hot rod T-shirt. Always wanted you, that. You could probably still get one. I mean, I don't. I think they're too late now. I hate easy. wrestling now. <laughs> that's fine, but Roddy Piper is unfortunately passed on, so I don't think it would necessarily indicate a love of wrestling now. But anyways. no, they would think it was for that that movie. Hot Rod. Huh. Yeah, maybe they would. Um, so here's the story. So Roddy Piper, uh, he came to the WWF in the mid-80s. He had been wrestling around for a while. And he was picked to be the big bad guy because he could talk. And so when they brought in Cindy Lauper and Mr. T and all that stuff to do, like, the what, the rock and wrestling connection, when MTV was, like, you know, like getting big and everything, and they, they had this whole thing, Piper was the guy that they picked to be like the big bad because he could talk and he was, he had great personality. So, but he knew because so Hulk Hogan was the big good guy. He was the bad guy, but he knew that if he ever let Hulk Hogan beat him, then that would be the end of it. Like, so like he, he never let Hogan pin him. (laughs) And so he never, so he always was trying to find something new, some new angle. So in like, when that started to die down a little bit, like the, the Mr. T stuff was all over, he needed something else. And he decided he was going to just leave wrestling for a little while and he would come back even bigger. And that's when this, this movie came along. Like John Carpenter wanted a guy. He didn't want a pretty boy Hollywood guy to play this, this character. And he had already cast like Kurt Russell. The reason he wanted to give it to Kurt Russell, but he had already had Kurt Russell in like three or four movies. So he was like, all right, I got to give it to somebody else. And he met Roddy Piper and he said, you know what? You'd be perfect. Have you thought about doing movies? And it so happened that he had because he wanted to, <laughs> he was wanted out of wrestling for a little while. So there you go. That's the, uh, that's the backstory there on that. He did a lot of other movies. None of them were really that good. Or yeah, you got to check out that Hell Comes to Frogtown. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, I've that? never seen it. No, I've never that's seen it. so weird. Yeah, he's or it's he's got a repo. He's like the last fertile man on earth or something. He wears like a chastity belt that's rigged to an explosive. I can't, it's so bizarre. And there are a bunch yeah. of human sized frogs in it. Whoa, uh, that right. are all like one of them is like, How are you doing to him? And he's like, Ah, <laughs> well, I have to check that out. Here's the other thing we got to talk about before we get into too much of the movie. So uh, there was a time when neo-Nazis had sort of co-opted this movie to say that it was like a, a 
the movie is an allegory for Jews controlling the world. And uh, that's John why Garberger, I was saying it's very big in my circles. That's what I meant oh, by that. Your neo Nazi circles? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I Play know. Off the show. But he said that's absolutely ridiculous. The movie is about unrestrained capitalism. It has nothing to do with Jewish control of the world, which is a, which is slander and a lie. That's what he said on his Twitter account. Yeah, but yuppies and unrestrained capitalism, which is kind of like what you said, Claire, where it could fit into today's politics as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's a, I mean, I not in, it's certainly not in defense of the Nazi, Nazis, but I could see how you could, how anyone could co-opt it to kind of make it be like somebody's in control and, and like have it be a straw man and like whoever that person is, because this is fiction, obviously, it's science fiction and they're aliens. So it's like, yeah, but you could say, oh, that's uh, this person, or that's that's like really like you know like like they're really communists. That's what communists would do if they came here or whatever. You know, you could like point. You could have the allegory for the aliens be whoever you want, really. Yeah, you could, you could, but I mean, John Carpenter has never intended it to be about. No, he's Jews actually a liberal as hell and smokes yeah. a ton of weed. You can tell. <laughs> and and actually you know what i was gonna say this is like certainly not a plug for my live stream i just did but i was talking about the punisher right so like right there there's the the punisher has been called co- the skull has been co-opted by right. like not neo-nazis but maybe like kind of like those people the insurrectionists and stuff like that and I talked a long time because there's these cool T-shirts for the Punisher that came out with Mike Zek artwork. And I love Mike Zek. He's like a huge G.I. Joe artist and stuff. But then it's just like, now it's ruined. I can't go buy a Punisher shirt. I can't wear it because I don't want yeah. to be like mistaken for some sort of an asshole. Luckily, I think you could still wear a They Live shirt. And I think Sam even has some on his, his site. Like with oh, the, nice. the, the alien. That kind of the aesthetic when... I, I like to talk about like visually of like what I like about stuff. Like when you put the sunglasses on and you can, it it goes all into black and white, but even when he, he shoots the camera like at video screens and it's very like eighties looking, but John Carpenter's movies always look really, really cool. Like I just love the way they all. Look. Mm. He definitely has a style. Okay. Really quick for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. So this <laughs> Roddy Piper plays uh, this homeless guy who's sort of traveling around. It's in L.A., so um, he's, you know, like, it, there's a, all the, he sort of falls in with this, this homeless group of people, but he sees across, like, there's this church that are feeding them, and he, there's, like, a weird, like, like he he's suspicious of them, sort of. There's, like, the singing doesn't sound real. He goes over, he checks it out, and he just finds these, all these sunglasses they're manufacturing like tons of sunglasses and he's like what the hell is going on here and so like one night they're they're little uh what do they call those i feel i'm kind of a loss what do they call those sort of like uh we're a bunch of homeless people kind of shanty town i guess i don't know i'm gonna I'm shanty town or sure. encampment or you know right. settlement it's it it is attacked by like a bunch of cops they come and like they just chase them all away and 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 everything and so piper goes back and he he grabs a pair of the sunglasses and he's kind of just like well, whatever he's trying to get away from the cops and he decides to just put the sunglasses on and suddenly he yeah like clay said everything's in black and white and then he looks at this person and their face is like a sort of lizardy gross thing it's like a well, skull really a lizard. It's, it's like more purple. like a, it's almost like a skull. skeletal face with some Bug eyes and sort of it's like Mr. Bodies, yes, yeah, and like every there's subliminal messages everywhere. Every advertisement is like says, like stuff like, like marry and reproduce, like work eight hours. Uh, like, and one of the I love that he's looking at he looks at money and it says, This is your god, and all this stuff. And it's like, it's pretty creepy if you don't know. What's happening in the movie? I, although, like I said, this is when I first saw it, I was like totally, it like kind of like hit me in the chest, like, whoa, that's like super messed up when you first see it. 
it says, and the thing you just re- referred to is like, work eight hours, sleep eight hours, play eight hours. Like, just lit- right. written basically in huge letters on the side of a building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's... And that's really the, I think, the message that, you know, whatever, that these, that it's all about consumerism and all that stuff. Yeah. So Piper is freaked out. And then, like, he's, I mean, this is where it starts to just, okay, this is Roddy Piper. (laughs) Like, he says, he tells a lady who has the alien face, he's like, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957, which is such like a weird line. (laughs) Yeah. But whatever. So then she's like, I got one that can see like she, they all sort of are talking into their watches and stuff. And like, so they're, they're smart watches. Yeah, I guess they were at the grocery store. That was the biggest expense of the movie was because they built a grocery store so that they could stock it with all the subliminal messages on the packaging. Oh, nice. Wow, that's good. Uh, I good research about there, John. That. I don't know why I thought the movie was boring. I still can bring them, drop a little knowledge. <laughs> I was drop thinking about, knowledge. like, the production of that. I was like, yeah, they have to set up the shot, and then they have to do it all yeah, over most, again and have it match. Most of everything else that he sees is are, are matte paintings. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the matte supermarket... Painting. Matte painting. <laughs> I never even, honestly, I never even thought of that. To be honest, that's pretty crazy, actually. Pre-digital days, right? You couldn't just CGI that thing. So I mean, he goes, he ends up. A couple of cops come, and they're like, they're trying to like, they're like, hey, you know, settle down. Maybe we can work this out. And then he ends up like, he gets, he does like a clothesline, sort of a little bit of his wrestling, uh, you know. Training coming in. He gets to do a lot of like, not just fighting, which he does get to do and shooting guns, which was, of course, when I was 13 years old, was the coolest thing ever. Machine gun, M16, boom, boom, boom. But also like, very much like wrestling in the ring moves. Like he grabs a guy by his goatee and like pulls him (laughs) into the next room. Like you can't grab somebody by a goatee. Like you could try, but. You really you need the other actor to be involved to get yeah, dragged into another how, room. Yeah, that's how wrestling. <laughs> that's how most of wrestling works. Is the other guy is, is doing it with you. But yeah, so funny. He ends up like it's cool though because he like shoots the cops. I like that he's like you bastards die just like we do. It's kind of neat. And then he goes, he takes their guns, and he goes into the bank, and it's the famous line which apparently piper came up with because he had a notebook of things he wanted to use in wrestling and this was one of his lines where he says i have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubblegum maybe ended up being his catch all out of ass is what he said (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty cool scene like that was the scene yeah when i was when i was a kid and i saw this for the first i was like whoa man he's blowing these aliens away yeah it's pretty cool he's blowing them yeah, blowing him away. Anyway, so he, he ends up like he has to escape. He kidnaps this woman who is a human. It's kind of funny because he's like trying to apologize, but he's not actually doing a very good job at that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a classic like movie trope thing, too, where like, where you know, like I'm stealing your car, but you're driving, but I got a gun. And I just, I just watched um, this movie. Three Days of the Condor over the weekend. I'd never seen it. And Robert Redford basically does the same thing in that movie, too. It's like, I'm gonna, you need to take yeah. me to your house. And then you need to lie right. next to me. But he's and like, I'm it. not gonna hurt you. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, but you had, yeah. So, but it's kind of a cool, uh, the, I love the shot. So, like, he realizes, oh, they're sending a signal. She says she works for a TV station. And he says, oh, they're sending some kind of signal through the TV station. First of all, she doesn't believe a word he says. She thinks he's full of shit, which, why would you? But anyway, I love the shot where she has a glass, uh, a bottle of wine, and she spins and clocks him with it, and then and he pushes totally, him out the window. Like, he breaks the window and, like, goes over yeah. a patio and rolls down, like, a dirt hill, like, at least three falls, like, ten feet in the air, like, throwing a dummy off of a porch. Like It's pretty crazy. and But it's a great, like, above 
shot from above, which is pretty like uh, weird. Oh, he's uh, got the know. best shots in this movie. It's really well done. I love that shot. We never mentioned Piper's buddy, Frank, who is played by Keith David. Incidentally, it was his birthday the other day, so happy birthday. Uh, oh, happy I, birthday, Keith For David. some reason, like, I didn't do a ton of research, but I was like, what's on the They Live hashtag on Twitter? Oh, very good. So happy belated if you're listening to this, because I think he listens to all the podcasts about his old movie. He, he, uh, <laughs> he shares the, the, the name that uh, John Carpenter used to write the movie, the, the pseudonym that John Carpenter used. That's right. Frank Armitage is like the, because apparently he wrote under pseudonyms a lot, I don't, which is funny because we all knew it was him. And but, I, and I wish I could remember what author he was taking that name from i forget i think it was it was from like a uh, yeah like a sci-fi thing but it's a, it's a famous author and i will come right. up with it in about 20 minutes oh very good, very good. <laughs> john carpenter even mentions his own name in this movie which was i only really caught because i was on headphones but somebody says yeah. it on the, on the tv and i thought that was awesome okay. it says something like george romero and john carpenter really need to Settle down out there. Yeah, anything. <laughs> like, get with really it. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. That's not a spoiler. That's just the funny thing in the movie. <laughs> so, anyways, so Keith David is was he was working with Piper earlier H. in the movie. Hey, you sorry, didn't even only take about twenty minute. minutes. Yeah, yeah good job. You just came up with that. Yep. Nice. So um, He's there. He gives him like a week's pay because they were working together. And meanwhile, and then Piper's like, "Here, put these glasses on. You gotta see this." And he's like, "Of course, Keith David thinks he's killed like a bunch of people in that bank." And he's like, "And Piper says they're not people." And anyway, they then proceed to have one of the longest fight scenes. This is what the the two things the movie is known for is the bubblegum line and this fight scene. This yeah, almost six minutes. Of, of these two guys and apparently a lot of it i mean they rehearsed it and everything and they rehearsed it for like three weeks and the only things that were really fake were the hits to the groin because that's not you know you don't want to be doing that and then hits to the face but everything else they were pretty much they were hurting each other pretty good apparently and then piper even because apparently john carpenter said i want to see uh, like yeah well they 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 painted like uh, you know, like gym mats to look like concrete, so that they could hmm. slam each other into. It. Hmm. Thank you. I'll be very here good. all night. Drop very good. Night. I'll just pop uh, in and out. Some more movie magic there. Yep. But yeah, so, he's, nice. so I love this. Like, John Carpenter says, "I want a suplex," which is like a, a wrestling move. And Piper said, "Which one?" <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's different ones, and there is a suplex in it, which is it doesn't look. You would never do that in a real fight. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. It's a movie, so. But, yeah, these guys went at it for a long... And this is, yeah, it, it's pretty famous in movies for being a long fight. Piper finally gets him, and he like he's, like, holding him in, like, a headlock, and he shoves the glasses, like, over his face. You know, they're all, like, watch... Like, the, all the aliens are, like, watching them beat each other up. And then, uh, kind of like Piper says, yeah, life's a bitch, and she's back in heat, which I, I don't know if that came from his notebook. But it's, that yeah, that's like a pretty bad line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now it's the two of them, like, they got to figure out what to do, and he says, we can't be the only people who can see. We got to find out who made these glasses. So, like, now it's, they're, they're going to be like, they join up, they find out the guy that used to work at the shanty town, you know, like, with them, is in this resistance and it's this they get into with that and this resistance is trying to block the signal so that everyone can see what they what these aliens really look like the woman that he kidnapped holly and they got they got an upgrade when they go to, when they finally meet up back up with that guy later because they were like kind of friendly with that guy back at the homeless encampment right. but yeah they get an upgrade when they go there because they're like, ooh, new shipment, Justin. These are the contact lenses, so it's not as obvious with the uh, sunglasses. And you, know, you yeah, pop these in your eye, and uh, I cannot watch bugs or somebody putting contact lenses in their eye. Do, yeah, no thanks. Or no thanks. bugs in their eyes. 
<laughs> watch that. It's true. That's that, that's that would be weird too. But yeah, so the, I mean that's cool. And but the 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 other cool thing is so that woman Holly that Piper kidnapped, it's like when she whacked him and shoved him out the window, he dropped his sunglasses. So the presumption is that she put them on and found out what he found out. So she is also part of the resistance. Of course, we don't that's know how long it's really been. It's kind of weird. I was. That's not really how I saw that. If you don't mind my indulgence, I think that Please. she knew what was going down. And, but really? she like, well, yeah, because she was working at the, the television station. So I don't think well, she got okay. to I the. Mean, I don't think that she got to the resistance through that. I think she was like already in the resistance and was coming at coming up through the television station to, to you know, kind of you know like be a spy well, in there and then she was also because she was very suspicious of him when she was in their apartment because maybe he was one of the one of the wealthy people so she didn't exactly know how to trust him i feel like she was in the resistance for a long time so I'm saying. all right if that's how you want to look obviously it doesn't matter because she was a spy as you say but there's a shot after she knocks him out the window of his sunglasses lying on the ground. Like they specifically show that. So I think we're supposed to believe that's, I always interpret it. We're supposed to believe that she picked them up and said, Oh, that guy wasn't crazy, but whatever. It doesn't I really mean, matter because it, ends up I being think a maybe shitter. we, I think maybe I was like reading way too into it. Carpenter probably didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah you might be it doesn't really it's just so anyways while they're there and they're determining like okay we have to take the fight to them meanwhile the all these cops show up in like riot gear and they like they take it to the resistance <laughs> and there's a lot of shooting and everything and and whatever and then piper and keith david figure out like the watches get like transport them. Uh, they go to the TV studio and they, now, they find TV studio is only broadcasting locally, right? Yeah, I guess, but it's LA. Yeah, I think it's, that it's uh, like there's probably other, you know, every affiliates. affiliates yeah, it's not group. like TV yeah. thirty eight, uh, you know, with uh, the movie loft. I mean, I'm sure other <laughs> maybe no, it is. We didn't have that in North Dakota, so I don't know. Right. Yeah, maybe they were starting in L.A. and they were going to do world. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, at least L.A. will be good. So, yeah, if they blow up the, the transmitter or whatever, then they can. The, so they run into this guy. Uh, his name is George Buck Flower, who was apparently plays like a hobo in every movie he's in. He was the he's in ba Back to the Future. Yeah, he was the bum in Back to the Future. He's kind of like the homeless guy here although now at the end of the movie he's joined up with them and they are and he's like wearing a tux very stylish homeless yeah and it was a, oh, and he was in mac and me which is one of my favorite bad <laughs> movies of let's all time <laughs> yeah let's cut to the clip um and starman also i'm trying to say that anyway so but he's kind of like the voice of the like when he finds out that Piper and Frank are not in with the aliens. Like he's like, come on, guys, it's all. And we all sell out. Like it's, it's just, it's kind. Of, he's sort of the yeah, voice of the. Yeah, don't want a like, taste of that. Sweet yeah, it's like money because yeah, yeah, the aliens are basically bribing people to make sure that they're in control all the time. Right. Right. I like the way they described it, where with that guy Gilbert, the guy that they held up with earlier he said we're like their new world it's really it's sort of like taking over a third world country to these aliens you know like the, the 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 earth is like just this primitive third world country that they're just coming and plundering and then moving on which is like yeah a, they want to steal up for our, our resources yeah. but yeah yeah right. but also yeah i mean i think that i i can't think of like specific things but like that kind of idea like travel you know is used in sci-fi even yeah, very recently like, you know what every, I mean? like every sci-fi movie like independence day they they use that same line i think <laughs> like so many different sci-fi movies like they're just taking over and then they move on to the next planet no it's not even it's like so Simpsons, you know like <laughs> like you take all this stuff go ahead throw your vote away 
Anyways, so Piper and Frank are shooting their way through like the TV studio. There's a bunch of security and cops there. One of them has a Ghostbusters. Uh, what does it call that? Awesome. Yeah, the, the PKE. Yeah, yeah. Egon has. They're like, 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 he's like, he's like, they're on the, they're on like the floor above us or whatever. Yeah. How can you tell that? You said this like. (laughs) He slimed me. (laughs) Um, Anyways, and then so they find Holly, who's just hanging out there. I don't know where she went. I don't know why she went. Like she was in that shootout, and then she goes to work. I don't know. It's this. It's a little. She's dedicated to her job. I guess so. But in fact, she. This she is was. pre-pandemic day. Uh, you know, they like your bosses were like, "I don't care if there's a shooting here. You're you're gonna yeah. come yeah. in. Gonna like it, All right?" Yeah, that, I was thinking fight. about that actually. Like, I was like, "Ooh, like just you, not even the pandemic, but just like ooh, active shooter drills. Like we do this in schools now. Like you know, I was like creeped <laughs> out a little bit. Like when they were like, not I knew that Roddy Roddy Piper wasn't well, gonna you know like, blow they everybody have- away." But, you should have had a guy there guarding it with a gun, because the only thing to take out a gun is another gun. Don't yeah, that's, right, that's, right. that's what the yes, movie is essentially. If if like if if Columbine had happened before this and all the shootings, they John Carpenter probably would have thrown that in there. That's yeah, true. Right, it would have yes. been part of the satire. Yes. Let's edit but, all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of. Uh, I mean, whatever. They're they're shooting their way through. And then they find Holly, and she's like, "Yeah, go to the roof or whatever." And and then she shoots Frank in the head. It's uh, and it's like, "Oh, in the head." Yeah, yeah. Piper screen, right? Yeah, they cut just as she's like, she pulls the gun out, puts it to his head, and then they cut, which is kind of I don't know, whatever. Back then, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it's good to have less is more. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. So then he's out there, and he's Piper's about to shoot the big antenna thing, and and then he oh, there's a helicopter out there. I don't even they and the helicopter shoots him. He shoots her. I don't know. That's what happens. And then he's but he's with his dying breath. He shoots the thing that is transmitting their signals so that they can disguise themselves. And then um, at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the the very last. Scene well after Piper gives the finger to the which is kind of uh, apparently on the DVD commentary Piper thought that uh, he's like I didn't really I should have really stuck the finger out there but it kind of like you know he kind of like lollygags the finger so he's like ah but still it's kind of funny yeah I as a joke sometimes I I like give people like a really shitty bird and it's like <laughs> not a full it, like if you just give someone the bird it's like you're giving them the bird. But if you give them like a weak one, it just kind of like makes them angry. Like, you're not even gonna <sighs> give me the full bird, you know? I, I've had like, yeah. So he kind of gives them a, like a, like a limpy, gross, weak ass <laughs> bird, you know? Right. Right. Well, I mean, he is. He was just shot multiple times, but you know, I mean, hey, had to get it out there. So, but then in the last shot, the last scene, there's a woman. And a man uh, and an alien man uh, having sex. I mean, and it's funny because like she, it's weird to have this nudity at the very last bit of the movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this woman's naked riding this guy, and she looks down, and it's he's all green and 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 everything, and he's like, I like, he's like, hey, what's the matter, baby? And then that's the end of the movie. It's kind of cool, like it's. Like, and then there's the poster behind her on the wall. It says "Marry and Reproduce," which is kind of, uh, which I thought was like cool. Um, yeah, and then so there we go. That's how the movie ends, which is such a strange ending. Uh, that's that's the part actually where John Carpenter works his way in there because it, yeah, there's that part, but there's also like there's an alien who doesn't realize that he's his face is shown to everybody just sitting at a bar, like watching TV with everybody else. And on the TV is the newscaster that's saying something about, you know, these John Carpenter, George Romero needs to really, you know, calm down with how violent it is. And people, and then, but every, it's kind of funny because sometimes the aliens look like they're aliens 
like they're humans with makeup on, and sometimes they almost look like puppets or mannequins. Well, or something. there was only one. There was one. Per, the stunt coordinator, coordinator Jeff Imada played all the aliens that had like lines basically even the ladies even the ladies yeah and um apparently he's he's like a small guy and he's got like a million like black belts and stuff (laughs) he's very an asian fellow yes yes so uh yeah but he played all the aliens that had act and most of them were just people with masks i think Uh, but yeah he played a lot of them got blown to pieces which i to this day and back then when I was a kid, that was awesome and the best. <laughs> the masks getting blown to pieces or the aliens getting blown? Just the aliens, but you know, like in the grocery store, in the bank, like in, right. in the, in the TV studio, like the, it was very clear cut that these are the good guys, these are the bad guys, and you put the right. glasses on, you can see who they are and blast them, dude. Blast them. Yeah. Basically, yeah, pew, 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 pew. There you go. No sequels to this. This is like this. <laughs> oh, it just basically everyone in the movie is dead. Except for that guy, the 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 bum in every, the guy from Mac and Me. There. Like, pretty much everybody else is dead. But uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, like, it was, a, I thought, as you say, not much happens. It's a little boring. It's literally like, a couple of action scenes and then that's it. Like everybody's dead. I don't know. I just like when I was a kid, I just, I didn't care. And I also didn't care when I watched it. This time. I, just, I thought it was pretty well paced. I didn't know like how I thought it was going to go. I was like hour and a half. I was like, I like hour and a half movies, I think. And I thought that it was, it did, it did its job pretty efficiently. They move right along, you know, like even when he's like going into the trash truck to get the glasses like again and everything like everything moves right along i mean there's a six minute long fight scene but who doesn't want to see that wrestle yeah no it's six minute long long fight scene was based like the idea was based on a on a john wayne movie where he just is like having this huge long fight this brawl that just goes through a a western town And it just goes on and on. Oh, they, they keep That's like going into the like the saloon and then out the back door and then down the yeah, street. Yeah, pretty much. Stuff. Then, it's like, then, then the guy gets punched into the like, you know the, the the water basin thing that horses drink out of or whatever, and you know all that stuff. So. And then somebody goes, "You're yellow." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "I tell you what, pilgrim," and then punches the other guy. Apparently, they aped this Hi, on uh, South Park too. They yeah, in that. Yeah. Triple fight episode. <laughs> like that was like one that I I remember watching with uh Mrs. Elder and her not getting the joke, but I was just uh-huh. like, this is brilliant. So <laughs> <laughs> it is uh it's it's funny. Well that's one of the things like people yeah, like this has kind of become a cult classic and like they do things like that. Like they have you know uh South Park does a bits about it every everybody you know i think there was another thing i forget where but yeah like you put on the sunglasses you see it one like a lot of videos a lot of like have done this kind of thing whatever it's yeah yeah it's famous and i think like i said earlier like some of the the with politics now you could almost i think it's still pretty relevant like we said so I don't know. It's cool. Piper was the first wrestler to be in a movie that opened at number one. That's right. That's right. And movie, I think movie was made for like four million and made thirteen yeah. million. I think so. There you go. Yeah, it opened at number one, and then like it disappeared from theaters like pretty soon after that. It didn't really hang around that long. It's really strange. But uh, yeah, Piper, and then he. he he went back to wrestling and then he would go and coming back go, and then he died he he had a f- interesting things so like years ago when a lot of wrestlers were dying because they had they had done a lot of steroids and they put strains on their hearts and everything like he said i'm not gonna make it to like 65 you know like when like my my medicare will kick in he's like i'm not gonna live that long and he didn't he died at 64 so sad Oof. But, um, you know, 
He was a legit yeah, tough guy, even though as wrestlers go, he was kind of small. But like people thought that because in the movie, he's pretty buff when he's like, there's that scene where he's at the construction site and he's not wearing a shirt. And people thought that they like that John Carpenter somehow put his head on another actor's body because Piper doesn't look that big in comparison <laughs> to other wrestlers. <laughs> and John Carpenter's like, why would I do that? <laughs> That's too much work in the yeah, pre-digital days. Yeah, that was a days. lot of work in the 80s. Do you see this cheesy special effect of the drone? We can't even get that looking good. Yeah, the drone was a little cheesy. Yeah. I kind of like, like yeah. that. the fact that the drones and the aliens, it made it black and white. He like, I feel like in a real purposeful way, he, he tied it to like 50 sci-fi. Like by making the aliens look the way they did, and like making the yeah, look like so. flying saucers, and have it be in black and white, kind of like yeah. almost uh, Twilight Zone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, this could be a Twilight Zone episode for sure. I like the uh, you know what I when there's that one part where he's walking around the street when he first puts on the sunglasses, and there's like a traffic light that's just going sleep, sleep. That's like creepy to me i don't know i thought that was like it was all creepy to me when i was a kid yeah Yeah. but then also like i noticed this time this is like a thing that i noticed like watching it this time it was like oh i was like i wonder they just got a tiny little they had a model builder make a a satellite fish and put it on a motor and it was probably run by a bat i was like just taking apart like the props because on top of that that traffic light was also like a transmitter to get the signal out to everybody. But I was like, yeah, I was like, I could make one of those. I could do one of those. <laughs> the guy, the guy from Mythbusters, like a one day build, <laughs> you know, this really <laughs> abstract prop from they live be like, what is that? Why do you have a tiny satellite dish? Oh, well, yeah, it's from they live. Put these glasses on, man. And I'll turn it on. It's <laughs> I'm trying to find out where, there was some reason why he made the aliens look that way, and I don't remember. Uh, I don't. I can't find that anymore. I'm really sorry. But there was a yeah, like I think he wanted him to make them look kind of like people that had been sort of like desiccated or something in a way, like you know, like a, a, like zombified or something. But yeah, pretty cool. They uh, also, apparently, they look like the skin is melted off or something. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But I think it's also kind of a commentary on what he's trying to say, where they're taking over. Like, oh, I found. I think I found. I think I found the thing on IMDb. The aliens superficially resemble walking, rotting corpses. Carpenter didn't want aliens to look like high-tech creatures of other science fiction films. He decided that yeah. since the simple beings were corrupting humanity, they themselves should resemble corruptions of human beings. Well, there you go. That's that's yeah. That's what I was looking for. Well, there you go. So, a um, couple minutes on the the short story that this was based on. Eight o'clock in the morning. It's called. There's no sunglasses. He's just because out of being hypnotized. Yes, yes, and suddenly he can see. Just like it's like literally the first line of the show. <laughs> the thing is pretty short. So yeah, he's this guy. His name is George Nada, which Piper's name I think is John Nada. But I don't yeah, know that's why I introduced it. myself as hey. John Nada, and yes. then Clay yeah. stole my thunder. Yeah, it just said Nada. I just saw that it was Nada, his character name. You didn't Did do you your research, even though I said I didn't like this movie. <laughs> I don't even not like this movie. I just don't love this movie. Right. Right. No, no problem with that. So, yeah, in 8 o'clock in the morning, this guy, like, he can see everything, and he sees, like, basically everything that Piper sees with the sunglasses. And and, and he goes to his, like, his girlfriend's apartment, and it's... such a weird scene, too, with his girlfriend's apartment. He's like, wake up! Wake up! Starts <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, what, trying to slap, he's like slapping her around. Like, wow. But then her then, neighbor shows up. Then Durson's neighbor comes over. He's like, you guys yeah. stop laughing at Homestar Runner. That guy from Quincy. What a jerk. Yeah. He's like, hey, you mind? Like, I thought you were talking about John Hunt. Your neighbor came over. 
No, this is my neighbor as an adult, not as a child. But uh, yeah, but it, he just kills the kills the thing, like slits the throat. Yeah, well, the, the yeah. aliens look like snakes or something. Yeah, there's a weird. I don't even know. It's a really weird story because they're like he gets like a phone call, right? And he says, "Well, if if you don't, I think it's like if you don't surrender." You will die of a heart attack at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. And he's like, Well, whatever. Like, and then like so he's going he's around. Like, I, ain't, I ain't dying of a heart attack tomorrow. I'm leaving. Yeah. Cause See? that will solve that problem. Yeah. I don't I don't understand how it doesn't they make any sense. <laughs> he's he kills a few aliens and he starts to drive away. And then I don't even remember really remember how it ends, but then he just dies like at eight he dies of a heart attack at eight o'clock in the yeah. morning. He gets everybody to see, or what? He he right. kills an alien, and then throws him in front of the camera, and is like, "Hey, everybody, wake up!" You know, pretending yeah. to be the alien, and then everybody wakes up, and then he dies of a heart attack. He doesn't get to see the re- resistance. Yeah, but hey, whatever. I mean, it's it was enough to uh, only eight pages long. So yeah, it's pretty short. They also did a they did like they made like a graphic novel. Not even that huh? long. It's shorter than Roddy Piper for a wrestler. Six something. Well, I was uh, what we were saying he was small for a wrestler. Small in musculature. I don't know how tall he was. He was probably he might have been small. But he was in mullet because I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. I based my hair cut off of Roddy Piper's hair in this movie. Wow. How about so, that? So I hate him for it. <laughs> uh, it's um. It's something. He had a mullet for a while, probably long after it was cool, like well into the 90s. But when did mullets? I don't know. Yeah, no, you know what? Mullets should have been gone in the 90s. They're I not gone, them. dude. Like, oh, yeah, now they don't rock a fucking mullet. The mullet it is never bad. went away. It, it, but you could have said that 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's like, people were like, hey, mullet, mullets just never went away. Oh, I, I should, guess it though. depends. I guess it depends on where you live, right? Well, North Dakota, you see everywhere. Sure. Yeah, they are kind of everywhere. I mean, when you do run into a person here, since since there's only about six people that live in this stupid state. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. You guys all plow each stuck. other's driveways. Yeah, like I mean, we gotta we gotta go Wives. 85 yeah. miles to get to that because we don't live close. But yeah. It's generally how it goes. So you plow each other's driveways and then compliment each other's mullets. Yep, we're like, hey, dude, nice. Well, that's the reason we get together and plow driveways so we can (laughs) see how the mullet is coming in. (laughs) Well, there was a time, I feel like, in the later 90s where it was not, like, a mullet was not cool. Yeah, I agree. It's not cool. It didn't mean that people didn't have them, though. Thankfully, no. You're right, have it right. in the late 90s. So, oh, I, right. I, and now I don't have any hair at all. So I don't even know why I'm even, I can't even talk about still, this with any. still grow out uh, uh, the, the mullet part, like the long part. Oh, that would be even worse, well, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be like the guy at Jordan's Furniture. That would be awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those guys, you know, they have yeah. no hair on. But they're like, I gotta hold on to my youth, so I'm growing a ponytail. This would have been the time to do it. I should have started like a like right during at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly yeah. emerge this luscious mullet. Yeah, I've been shaving my head. The luscious mullet. That's the name of my new band. There you go. You got a picture of Roddy Piper at, on the on the album. Yeah. Um, sent you guys that awesome Japanese movie poster. That was great. Yeah, someone, some guy, uh, like started following me on Instagram. I looked at his page and it, like he sells a bunch of like movie memorabilia, and that was one of the things on his page. So, hmm. I like that Japanese They Live 30th anniversary poster. Yeah, I like that. I'm down with that. Which doesn't make, make it look like it's way more. Is it a Mondo? Is it a Mondo print? I cannot say I I didn't I didn't really I just I don't think so. Sent it to you. Yeah, it's uh, I mean it is yeah. The, the, I I will grant you that the movie does make it look like a lot happens in the I mean the poster makes it look like a lot happens in the movie, 
when uh, you know it is i i mean i'm with clay at least it's only an hour and a half it was much longer it would have been like oh boy but really like it's it's pretty it moves pretty well like it even though very well you know not much but yeah it moves along pretty well there's nothing like that you could you wouldn't necessarily cut stuff out i don't think but there you go that's they live do we have any uh final thoughts on they live yeah i got final thoughts we always do final thoughts well we kind of did pre thoughts so i just wanted to sure. the pre thoughts it's first impressions not final first thoughts. impressions you know check the water temperature you know that that's what that was I that wasn't it. I that it. wasn't final thoughts is the grade and everything you know well, who wants to go first with their final thoughts? John, should we defer to you, or should, I'll 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 take it. I'll take it. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to take it. I have no responsibility here whatsoever. <laughs> That's right, John. <laughs> Here's my final thoughts. This is absolutely a surprise to me that we're covering this. This is probably one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. And I've been watching a lot of old movies lately. And to watch this one again is... This really, I feel, connected to this movie in a way that I don't to some other things. So I give this movie an A+. I fucking love this movie. There you go. Nice. All right. I mean, that's... that's. I'm glad. I'm surprised you didn't... You should have recommended it then. <laughs> I didn't think you know. I I'm didn't think of it. I know. I didn't even think of it. But I was so glad that you did. And uh, yeah, even this podcast doesn't even sound like you liked it. So you should I, go I know. I, 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 I was probably meaner than I. I was bringing the mean. But I, I think it's a, it's still a fun movie. I, I was always a big Roddy Piper fan. Even when he was a bad guy and you were supposed to hate him, I still thought he was pretty cool. And uh, this movie, obviously, like. I remember I went to see it in the theaters. Like I was really I think psyched. We saw it together in the theater. Probably. Yeah. Pretty sure, because uh, I have to make you watch everything I'm watching, even no, though I'm a big wrestling fan. <laughs> right. So you did a pretty sure we saw it with Nizza and Slaw. Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, we were probably super. And this was like '88, so like you know, the heyday of wrestling was like '86, '85, '86. Although '87 was also a big. Yeah, Silverdome. Yeah, Hogan and Andre. That was like the big thing, and that was when Piper left. Like, yeah, like didn't he turn good or something? Yeah, he turned good because it was just he was really popular. Like, so like, fine, we'll just just make you fight the bad guys. Well, Vince McMahon wanted him to like he wanted to start his own movie thing, right? His own own studio, and he was like, Piper, be in the movie. I'll match what John Carpenter's paying you. And Piper was like. Uh, I gotta do something else other than this because, right? You know, I gotta, I gotta be more than. And the first movie he did was that Hulk Hogan No Holds Bar movie, which you know, who remembers that? No one, right? It's, it's terrible. That's not a cult classic. Uh, I think wrestling not. fans. Urban Commando is not a cult classic. So. No, and Mr. Nanny is over definitely the top. Not. Is not. I mean, I know it's like you know different actors, but still, that's not a, a classic. No, but like, yeah, like No Holds Barred and some of those other, those like Vince McMahon like produced those movies, like like was like a co-producer and he put Hulk Hogan in them and yeah, he always I, I think he always that. fancied himself as like David O. Selznick or something like that, but like no man, you're the wrestling guy, just stay in your lane. Yeah, no, you're the <laughs> asshole wrestling guy. <laughs> but yeah, Piper didn't go for it. Piper, he's like, I, I'll I'll match the pay rate, and he's like, nah. I just want to, I mean, why wouldn't you want to work with John Carpenter when John Carpenter wants to work with you? You're like, you know, so, and then he, Piper knew, he was like, I'll come back and, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. They'll just like me more. And he probably sold a lot of those hot rod t-shirts when he came back. Even Inspired though, a lot uh, of young men throw mullets. <laughs> probably. And wear kilts, you know? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, maybe. The funny thing is Still he's actually... He's actually Canadian. It's not. Oh, it's not actually wait, Scottish. Way to ruin it for everything. Sorry. Right. Well, George Lazenby was Australian. He's wearing a kilt, so. You know yeah, but I mean? he was playing a guy pretending to be 
British right. who was planning was, the Scottish. Yeah, playing the guy, playing the guy, playing the guy, playing the guy, playing the guy. Yeah. I'm the dude playing the dude that's supposed to that? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yes. And, and black guy. But anyway, yeah, so that's, that's actually a funny thing is so Piper was in the United States on a green card because he's actually Canadian. And a lot, he didn't really agree with a lot of the like the, the shots on Reaganomics because he actually thought Ronald Reagan was a pretty, pretty good president. And he like there were times when he was promoting the movie that they wanted him to like lean into that. And he's kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to say anything bad. I'm I'm hearing a green card. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I just think you guys are. I'm really sorry, but I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't really talk with this. Is all the boot, eh? Or else yeah. they'll uh, boot me out of the country, and then I'll be stuck uh, fixing roofs. Sorry, Boots. sorry, sorry. Anyway, I will say though, I will say, I think even though I was bringing the mean, I think that's a solid B plus. I'm, I'm not uh... bringing the. I didn't think you were bringing the mean, were you? Oh, okay. It seemed like you were, you were bringing the. This is pretty I, fun. It's pretty okay. Yeah, it's fun. I think I gave it a B plus. I, I thought I like think you even, were even apologizing I'm the one that's for like down on the movie, and I'm not even being like super mean about it. I just think it's slow. Yeah, uh, I I think the idea is good. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the aliens. Uh, I do like the story. I just think it's it seems like there's a lot of padding in there. Uh, yeah, it's there is some ridiculous parts where he's like, put these glasses on, or gonna, or you're gonna. What does he say? You could wear these glasses or you can eat the trash can or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah. even as a kid, I was like, this is the most ridiculous th- reason to have a fight scene. I mean, the fight scene is awesome, but it's so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you put these glasses, you can start eating that trash can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and Piper's not bad in the movie. Like, I mean, because no, you, you, you know, you're used to him like, I'm a you know, as a wrestler, but he's very subdued in yeah. scenes where he needs to be. He does. He's got like what six lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Not a lot. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And and they got that great like uh, the the white lines in the middle of the road. Yeah. So, uh, like, well, that's what he says. I drive a white line. No one bothers me, and I don't bother anyone. He says the white line in the middle of the road is the worst place to drive, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of like exactly I didn't get from that. Mr. Miyagi says, "You walk in middle, smash like grape." <laughs> There's that scene where they're in the hotel room. It's really weird. It has no bearing really on anything. I mean, I guess it's a little character development, but he's talking about his dad taking a knife to his throat and stuff. Like it's that's like serious shit. But I like, know how it doesn't these scars. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but it's like it's weird because it doesn't, you know, like it is padding. I guess you don't really get to know the guy enough to even really care. Like, oh, so he was abused, you know? Like, I mean, it's obviously I don't want anyone to be abused, but like, it doesn't really tie into like, oh, so your dad, like, did your dad was he an alien? Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, why? But I guess it's just to show that. Sometimes, like, life is rough for some people, you know, and a lot of people. And I guess it's kind of the commentary that they're that they're making, you know, is that I mean, a he lot starts of these... out being, like, doing the Incredible Hulk thing, like, going from town to town. Like, he's homeless. He hangs out with people that have nothing. And then, you know, like, you see who's benefiting from it, the people at the very top. And then the aliens, of course. Right. One of the other things that Piper was under the impression that this was based on a documentary about TVs with subliminal signals in them, sending out subliminal messages to people when there was really more of like a spinal tap kind of thing where it was like a mockumentary, you know, he but he didn't. He thought that was a real thing. Yeah. Eh. Right. Well, people get fooled by all sort of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, look at that. That's see, that's it goes speaks to today even more. Exactly. Um, All right. That's I gotta I give my thinking. final thought. Give it give it. I give this movie a B minus. Right. So I'm not even bringing the hate. I think yeah. again, the idea is good, the message is is interesting. I just think it's the uh, subliminal messages. Something. Yeah. <laughs> like the ones that are telling me to give this a B minus and not a C minus. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Uh, I, I, I just feel this is something that would have been better suited for the, in like a shorter form. Like it, if it had been on HBO as an episode of Tales from the Crypt or something, you know? So it wouldn't or, have had the 
yeah. you wouldn't have to pad it out to to fill like a movie runtime. Twilight right. Zone or modern day Black it, Mirror. It's just is it it doesn't have enough story to to last, and also just the repetitive baseline that just made me kind of go insane. <laughs> it kind of does lend it like you're like, oh, it's that again because he's yeah. walking again, and then you yeah. kind of realize like, oh, he's just walking again. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. So, but they, I mean, again, I don't hate this. It's just not a movie I'm going to sit down and watch. Yeah, it's fine. So, B minus. No, that's that's totally you know fine. Yeah, you're but if off. You guys the were here at Castle Stardust, uh, and you were like, <laughs> "Let's let's watch a movie and hang out." I brought They Live. I wouldn't be like, "What are you crazy? Don't do that." I'd be like, "Yeah, all right, I'll watch that." Well, we could watch. Instead, hell comes to Frogtown, which sounds like I a think, hell of a place. I think that would be even more weird to watch. <laughs> I mean, it is a, a it's. I think it's cool for one thing. Like, yeah, the memory of it because I remember being super excited when this came out. Uh, I think this all helps me, you know, like look a little more fondly at the movie even though i like you said i didn't bring them in it it is slow at times but um like piper is really good and i i think yeah it's a shame that he didn't have more uh success in acting yeah it's true and it's it's a shame like he was a great talent in the ring but he did kind of he you know had a lot of concussions and stuff back then they didn't take care of themselves all that well although as as he did i'm sure he did his share his share of drugs just like the rest of them it's the 80s right it was the 80s uh you can't have a mullet without drugs (laughs) tell me about it and yeah i mean unfortunately he died young comparatively you know 63 or whatever he was 64 it's 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 sad, but um, yeah. So he was sixty-one. I'm sorry, sixty-one when he died. Oh, that's like even. Oh, yeah. and and it's been like what, yeah, like six years? Yeah, he died in 2015. It's yeah, it's it's a rough life, but he did uh, he did okay for himself. Here's to you, Roddy, Roderick Toombs. Roddy, nada. I say nada. Nada. Apparently, the funny thing is he wore his, he didn't want to take off his wedding ring throughout the entire shoot. So he was wearing a, he's wearing his wedding ring, even though there's no. It's part of his backstory. I guess it is. There's no, he never mentions his wife or anything like that. But he does say that, like, you know, his job dried up and he had to leave or whatever. And Frank kind of says the same thing. He says he's got a wife and kids in Detroit. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's, you just go where the work is. It's, it's, it's rough. Frank yeah. has got that killer, like, pinkish purple tank top. <laughs> it's a very bizarre fashion statement. It's real badass. Isn't it? it's Maybe it was white pink. and he, he put it in the wash with with his reds or something. And yeah, it, with like a red sock or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was like that with it. Roddy's red kilt. <laughs> Damn it. Oh yeah, you don't want to have that happen to your your white hot rod T-shirt. That was yeah, that's right, the white hot rod T-shirt. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up here. All right, let's me. wrap it up. Thanks for listening. It's uh, check us out on leaguepodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts: Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere else that we are on. Um, check out Clay's stuff. <laughs> A lot going on there, Clay. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, don't begin anywhere except for you could just go to maybe I'd like to get some Twitch subscribers. So if people are out there on Twitch, twitch.tv slash clayinferno, clayinferno.substack.com, linktree slash clayinferno. That's everything. Linktree slash clayinferno. There's, there's a linktree slash Durson too, actually. So if you want to do that, I don't, Very good. Any, I don't have any of that stuff. So. That's right, yeah. Tom. So. That's right. Just, just go buy some. Uh, just get a subscription to vizmedia.com for your weekly, monthly comic chapters, uh, and you can see a bunch of my work there. Uh, there you go. Letter extraordinaire. Letter extraordinaire and podcaster ordinaire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I stole that from Steve Martin. 
the word in here. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Adios. Life's a bitch. She's back in heat.